Bring a Bible. The ushers are have, passing out something for you today. If you do not have a handout, could you just raise your hand? Okay, just kind of put them up. The ushers will get your sections there. That'll be great. Talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit today. We'll talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit today. If you got your Bibles, can we just hold your Bible up? Everybody that brought your Bible, just kind of hold your Bible up. Say, this is my word. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. This is God's word. God said it. That settles it. So today, I open my ears. Open my eyes. Open my heart. To receive this word. To be changed. Never to be the same. In Jesus' name. Now if you agree with that, say amen. Okay, hallelujah. I want to talk with you. I'm going to just get right into this. Um, I'm not going to keep you long. One, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Not big. I won't keep you long. No, I'm just... Some of the, the visitors were like... I won't, we won't, won't keep you long. What I want to do is... This is a series that we started on Holy Spirit. A lot of times we hear about God the Father. And we know about the Father and the creation. And, and everything that God did. Especially through the Old Testament. Then we hear about Jesus Christ, the Son, which is part of the Trinity. The Trinity is three in one. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what we, ha- we, we teach a lot about you know, God the Father. We teach about you know, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that, that came to take away our sins and destroy the works of the devil. I'm telling you, He rose again, seated on the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on our behalf. We're just waiting around. Come on, somebody. It's just, just loving God today. But the Holy Spirit does a lot of work, and we started this Wednesday. So I want to encourage you, if you want to get the first message of this Wednesday, you can go on uh, lwfchurch.com. You can listen to that. You'll be able to get that. If you want a hard copy of it, get with Pastor Augustine. also want to let you know that after church today, that if you guys want and need some food, I think we got some meat and bakery items, we're asking you to go back into the fellowship hall and, and be blessed. We want to bless you. We want to give some food to you as you stock your freezer. Amen? Amen. Has anybody got any food recently? You got your freezer full? We want to get your freezer full. Amen? You know, so you can get the barbecue grill going this summer and, you know, the grill master can come on board and grill some things for you. But I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going to get in chapter 2, so I'm going to ask you to turn there first. But first of all, before we get into that scripture, I want, to, want to, I want to pull up Genesis chapter 1. If you will, pull up Genesis chapter 1. I want to look at verses 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 1, it, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was form, formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. We can actually take the Holy Spirit and know that the Spirit of God was involved in creation. He was there at the time of creation. Okay? We know that God the Father was there. We know that Jesus is the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among the men. John chapter 1. We know that Jesus is the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God in the beginning. So the Word was there. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was there. God Himself was there. Are you with me? So we begin to look at this, and, 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 and we begin to look at in the Wednesday night on how the Holy Spirit would come upon somebody in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit would come upon somebody and empower them. Okay? The Bible says that, uh, that the Holy, Holy Spirit came upon uh, Balaam. 
When Balaam was, uh, we began to prophesy and the Holy Spirit began to come upon him and he spoke the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit became, uh, came upon Zechariah. The Holy Spirit became, or came upon Saul and Saul's company. And when Saul had a company of prophets, the Spirit of God would come upon them and they'd prophesy. The Spirit of God would come upon them, they would do some great and mighty things, and the Spirit of God would leave. Are you with me? So when we get into the New Testament, Jesus said that I gotta go. I can't stay. I can't stay because the Father, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit that God is gonna send, it's gotta come and I can't be here. We know that Jesus received the, the, received the Holy Spirit when he was baptized in the Jordan River. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. He put him under the water and brought him back up. Remember what happened? Heavens opened up, heard the voice of the God saying, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit ascended. So anytime you see a dove, that's a representation in the Bible of the Spirit of God. We talked about on Wednesday about the Spirit of God and Holy Spirit, whether the same thing. And we talked about the different scriptures, and I gave you a bunch of that, so I want to encourage you to go on the website and download that message and get that. But I want to share with you that we have got to have the foundation of this thing together. So I'm going to have you pull up John 14, 26. And I want us to read this together because we have to know that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us, okay? Let's all read this together. Ready? Read. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. This is a foundational scripture. Jesus was saying this. This was at a time where, where he was, uh, he, this was a time where he had, had been with his disciples and he knew it was just before the death and the burial and the resurrection. And Jesus says, you know, what I gotta go I can't stay Peter and them they wanted this they wanted him to stay they wanted Jesus to stay Jesus says I gotta go he said but you know what the the the, the Holy Spirit will teach you say teach you say teach me say it again teach me teach me Holy Spirit and we talked a little bit about Wednesday about those that say well I don't need church you know I Holy Spirit's gonna teach me I don't need church well then why was the gifts in Corinthians and Ephesians a teacher Apostles, pastors, evangelists, prophets. Are you with me? Teachers. So God uses men and women to teach you. All right? Uses men and women to teach you. To think that you can learn without being taught, well, that's deception. Okay? So we want to have this foundation laid down here that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. So we, if, if you've got a handout there, what we want to do is kind of let you know what facets of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? Holy Spirit, what does he do? Is he going to mow my lawn? Holy Spirit, mow my lawn. Holy Spirit, fix me dinner. Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? Holy Spirit, drive me to church. Holy Spirit, you know, it's not a servant. Hello? They're just going to be like a, a genie. You know, you rub the bottle and pff, genie. That's not God. That's not this God. Amen? That's not Jehovah God, our God. Are you with me? That's not the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, what is his job? What, is his, what does he do? What is he supposed to do? Let's, and we looked at some biblical things, all right? So let's take a look at, at some things today on what the job of the Holy Spirit is. Number one, the job of the Holy Spirit was to under, help you understand the Bible. Help you understand. Say, understand. understand. And that's what goes in that little space right there. Understand helps you understand the Bible. We talked about that on Wednesday. The second thing that I can tell you that the Holy Spirit does is he helps us pray. He helps us pray. 
There can be moaning. There can be groaning. There can be, be, be the, the, you know, just the travailing things of God. And we covered that Wednesday. So it helps us pray. That word that goes in there is pray. And we got the first two Sunday or Wednesday. And I don't know how many we'll get today. But we'll just, can we just kind of go along this thing? Okay, number three. Number three is we can get wisdom. Say wisdom. We can get wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read through that. But before we get you into 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let me set the stage for you. Paul was writing to the church in Corinth. There was a lot of things going on in the church. I mean, there was some, there was some newfound freedom. See, we have this freedom. Paul says, I have the freedom to do what I want to do, but maybe the things that I may do may not benefit me. So there, you have the freedom to do what you want to do. But there are going to be some things that you may not need to do because it may not benefit you. Can I get an amen? I can have the freedom to go up at the top of this building and jump off, but it may not benefit me. Hello? May not benefit you. So we, we, we need to have wisdom. And it's wisdom is not knowledge. It can be the application of that knowledge. Okay? Well, we know, we, how many of you need, we gotta have some wisdom in this day and age. We've got some difficult times in our economy. We're looking at some difficult things going on in the world. I mean, there's more. Greece is having a really difficult time. Their economy's worse than our economy and, and, and people are taken to the streets. And you gotta have wisdom. We gotta have wisdom at this time. And not just man's wisdom. We've gotta have the wisdom of God. We've got to operate in the wisdom of God. You've got to know what's going on. Do you realize that in 911, one at 9-11 God spoke to every person he spoke to every person some people didn't hear the voice of God some people heard him and didn't obey him and the, the third person they heard him and they obeyed him we've got to have the wisdom we've got to be at a place where we can hear the voice of God that if he says the spirit of God says don't go that way today or wait five minutes Hello? They might keep you out of a, a fatal car accident. Hello? There, were, there are people that the, that the Spirit of God spoke to them. And they took people in the, in, in the Twin Towers. And they were beginning to go down one place. And this guy says, no, no, we're not going to go down that way. But that way is an exit place. He said, no, we got to go down this way. And that way was actually cut off. Those that went down that way lost their lives. And the other ones went with the guy and were able to get out. Because that's listening to the Holy Spirit. So we need wisdom. Say wisdom. i got to have some wisdom. Let's take a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I just, we're just going to read. Well, let's just, man, this is all good. Let's just read, let's read 6 through 16. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. 
we go ahead and read 13 through 16. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that, we, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Verse 13, it says, Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit. There are people that say, you're crazy because you go to church. Oh, why you go to church? You're wasting your time. You're giving your money to that preacher. You know, he's just doing all sorts of stuff with that money. I don't know why you go to church. I don't know why you get up. I sleep in. That's when I get my rest. I don't know why you serve God. I don't know why you pray. I don't know why you, you know, give to help the poor. I don't know why you do these things. You know, you ought to just, you know, put that money in your pocket. I mean, you could have a new jet ski. You could have a, a new boat. Those are just things I've heard. I don't know what you guys have heard. But those are things that I've heard. That's a natural man. And the Bible says very clearly that that natural man is not going to understand things of the Spirit. Because you are a spirit man. Hello? I'm going to prove it to you. Right there where you're at in 1 Corinthians. Let's look at uh, chapter 3. Let's look at verse 16. Well, let's go to chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to get there. Look at verses 17. Say 17 through 20. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. When you become a born-again believer, you become one in spirit with God. Now what it says? If I join myself to the Lord, I become one spirit with him. You've heard me say that your spirit and his spirit are combined and you become in one spirit with God. So you know how God communicates to you? Through your spirit. Your spirit then communicates to your mind, your will, your emotions, okay? Your brain communicates through your whole body. Your spirit can rule your brain. My spirit can rule my brain, okay? So it says right, he says right here that, that we become one with him in spirit. Verse 18 says, flee morality, immorality, every other sin that man commits outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? We're bought with a price. What was that price? The blood of Jesus. All right? We're bought. We're paid with the price. It cost God something for me to have a relationship with him. It cost my father something for me to have that relationship. And that's because of Jesus Christ. 
The blood that was shed on Calvary, on the cross, was payment for my sin. Remember, remember in the worship time, we talked about the Holy of Holies and the, 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 the sin, the atonement of sin. The priest would go into the Holy of Holies once a year and he would, he would actually take in a sacrifice. He would, he, he would actually redeem the nation of Israel. Okay? God's redeemed us through Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for us. We don't have to have blood sacrifices anymore because of Jesus. Let's thank God the Father for Jesus the Son. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Okay? Hallelujah. That excites me, man. That excites me. See, but we've got to operate in this thing. We've got to begin to operate in this thing. So he, he says, don't, don't worry about having the argument with the person that says, I don't know why you don't go to church, just don't have an argument with him. He don't understand. He don't get it. He'll get it one day. Amen. Someday he'll get it, and I hope it's sooner than later, but he's going to get it one day. Amen? But don't have to worry about being all upset. <laughs> they said, I'm not going to church now. Why? Because my neighbor, he don't go to church. No, you need to be taught. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you. And there will be some things today that the Spirit of God will say, Ah, yeah. It's a light bulb moment. It's a ha moment. Ah, yeah, I got that one now. Oh, yeah, that one. I got that one. Oh, I got that one. You know, there's, there's some aha moments throughout my day. There can be aha moments throughout reading the Word of God. It was just like, oh man, now, 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 I, I recognize that now. I didn't see that before, but I see that now. Okay? So the natural man's not going to know what the spiritual man's doing. You're going to be operate on a spiritual man. Say, I'm spiritual. It doesn't matter how you feel. Come on, somebody. If you've made your, your, your decision to follow Christ and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, the Spirit of God moves on the inside of you and it's not how I feel. I can have goosebumps and have God. I cannot have goosebumps and have God. Can I get an amen? I cannot feel good today and still have God. I can feel wonderful tomorrow and still have God. So I'm going to have God whether I'm down or whether I'm up. I'm going to have God whether I'm in or whether I'm out. I'm still going to have God. Come on, y'all. So don't worry about the, the natural guy. You just do what the principles of the Word of God says we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to do it, and leave the rest to God. You leave the rest to God. Well, this person's prospering. Are they really? You don't really know. All you see is the toys outside their home. You don't really know what's going on behind the door. You don't know that the family's falling apart. You don't know that the husband feels lonely. You don't know that the wife feels unloved. You don't know those things, see? God loves us. And He cares for us. And He sent the Spirit of the living God, His Spirit, His DNA, to reside on the inside of us so we could become spiritual beings, so we could have wisdom. I believe that in this time, in this day and age, the way the economy is right now, the way situations are right now, I believe that God is going to release the wisdom, His wisdom, to His people, and you're going to be able to help your companies. They're looking at you and said, how come you, how come you out of debt? Well, because in, in 2004, pastor said, get out of debt, 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 get out of debt. There's a time coming. And in 2004, we didn't know it, did we? 2005, it was things was going good. 2006, things were going good. We're teaching financial principles. You got to put some money back. You got to have an emergency fund. You got to have some money set back for you. You got to be able to have some money set back for your family. Stop paying those credit cards. Stop going to them finance companies. Come on, somebody. And then guess what? A year and a half ago, things started shifting. 
I had people come up to me and said, I'm in a good position when this happens. I got money in the bank. I'm out of debt. The only thing that I owe is on my house and on my car. Praise the Lord. Spiritual wisdom is going to be released in this day and age, in this time, for you to have an answer. When the bossman says, I can't figure this out. You're going to know by the Spirit of God that you're going to be able to figure it out. And things are going to happen. Wisdom is going to be released. Anybody want some wisdom today? I want that wisdom today. I want to know how to get that wisdom. I want to know how to operate in that wisdom. I want to know how to, to, how to have that wisdom just permeate my entire being. See, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And if you'll allow the Spirit of the living God to bring you wisdom, to talk to you and you listen to Him, then great things are going to happen. Amen? So that's one of the functions of the Holy Spirit. So we know that He helps us understand the Bible. We know that He helps us to pray. And number three, we can get wisdom from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do number four. He guides us. Number four is He guides us. The Holy Spirit will guide you. Do you know that you're an ambassador? You know that you're a citizen in the kingdom of God. You know that you're the head and not the tail. These are all scriptures I'm quoting. That what God says about you. God doesn't say you're a dirty, rotten slime ball. Not my God. That might be the prince of the world, the devil. Come on. He might say that you're a dirty, rotten slime ball, but my God says you are a child of the Most High God. You are a son. You are a daughter. You're a king's kid. You matter. You're important. Things are important to you. Things are important to God. You matter to God. You're not just a vapor. Our life is that. But God looks at you and He says, I can move through you. I can flow through you. I can do things through you. How does God operate on the earth? He's going to operate through you. The Spirit of the living God is going to operate through you. The Bible says, I'm an ambassador. Say, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. You know what? When I'm an ambassador, the things of this world can't get me. Because I'm an ambassador. There are, in an ambassador... An ambassador from Africa, we went, to, we went to Africa there last year. Shelly almost got us arrested. Yeah, we're a group of anointed men and women of God out there in Africa just doing the things for God. And, and we come by the United States Embassy and Shelly's taking pictures. She's always taking pictures. And I'm sitting here and we're looking at the embassy and the, 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 I mean, we were packed in this car, Right? And all of a sudden, we're following another car, and that car turns over by the embassy, kind of pulls off right by the, right by the whole wall right there, which is a big chain-link fence about 12 foot high with wire on it and everything. And we pull over, and I'm thinking, we can really get out and get a good picture now. No, there was a, there was a, a, a security company that made us pull over, and the people in the front car were the ones that got us out of the deal. I mean, they were coming after that camera. They were after that camera. They were, they were that camera, that camera. We're like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, what about Shelly's camera? And she had the camera. They took the camera. They were going to take her camera from her. And we said, no, no, it's, it's digital. We can delete it. We can delete it. I mean, this really happened. And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, here we go. We're going to we're see the inside of a prison in Africa. You know, that's really what I wanted to go back and say, y'all sent us to, to Africa and we explored the prison. Come on. But if I was in there, I guess we'd sing and the Holy Ghost would open up the doors and the angel of God and we'd just walk out of that thing. But they came after that camera. They got that camera. And finally, um, uh, Jim Lasseter, who is a missionary there, he was like, no, no. And he, he was talking French with them because we were in the French Quarter where, the, I mean, they'd speak French in, in the Ivory Coast. And he deleted it and he showed it to him. And he said, okay. And we got, we, she got her camera back. Praise the Lord. She got her camera back. I mean, she had a bunch of pictures already on that camera. 
But she's an ambassador. Do you know that if you're an ambassador, if there's an ambassador to Africa in the United States, that place where they live doesn't come under United States rule. I don't like this part of it because some, some people are protected because of that. They'll come from a foreign country, they may break the law, and they'll run to their embassy. You can, we, could, we could have ran to our embassy if there was problems in Africa and a war broke out. We could go to our embassy and because we are Americans, we can get in. Oh, come on somebody. Yes. Corinthians told us that there is wisdom that is for the believers. Oh, you didn't hear me. There's wisdom for us. He said, you know what? If they knew about the Holy Spirit, if they knew what was going on, they wouldn't have killed Jesus. They had to let him go because they knew that Christianity or the belief system of God or following the way or being a believer of Christ was going to explode and expand. Don't you think they would have said, no, leave him alone, don't kill him. That's what it says in Corinthians. That's what we read it. Say wisdom. And the Holy Spirit will guide us. That number four is guide us. John sixteen thirteen. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He'll guide us into all truth. Could I have a volunteer? Is anybody willing to volunteer today? Raise your hand. Come on up here, Richard. Oh, Lord. should volunteer. Can I get you to do me a favor? Take your glasses off. The Holy Spirit guides us. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blindfold you. I got your nose too there, whatever. You're going to have to help me there. Don't be, don't be peeking. Hold on, I'm going to tight real tight. <clears throat> See, this is a natural man. Okay? Without God. He can't see. Okay? I'm just going to just kind of just turn you around here. Just let me just kind of turn you around here a little bit. Just let me turn you around here a little bit. Turn you around. Okay. All right. Now, you can you do me a favor and find the door? No, that's not the door, brother. Okay. You're getting me in trouble. So if the Holy Spirit is to guide us, then the Holy Spirit can take us, although we may be blind in the natural at times, because we may not see into the spiritual realm at times, but He'll guide us. So the Spirit of God will come beside us, and we say, go find the door. Are you with me? Don't forget the pole. You don't worry about it. I'm the Holy Spirit. I can guide you, brother. That pole's not going to matter. We just walk right through that thing. With me? So the Spirit of God, what? Guides him. Guides him to the door. Amen? Here's your door. We there? Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. See, what I want you to know is that's how the Spirit of God guides us. It guides us in the middle of stuff that's going on, things that you can't see. The Spirit of God will guide you. He will be with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you that is going to always be with you. See, let me give you another example. William. Prince William. You know Prince William? He's a, 
he's going to probably, after Queen Elizabeth, he's going to probably inherit the throne. Prince William cannot go anywhere he wants to go. If Prince William is driving along and there's a prostitute on the road, there is somebody there to help guide Prince William. Prince William might say, well, let me, let me, hey, there's that lady, let me talk to her. There is somebody next to Prince William that says, we don't do that. Keep going. See, you got somebody that does the same thing for you. That leads you, that guides you, that'll say, uh-uh, uh-uh, if you're listening, he'll go, uh-uh, uh-uh, you better not go that way. Uh, you, you better not do that. It might be better to go around this. It might be better to go through this. That Spirit of God is with you. The Spirit of God is with you, directing you. Step to the left, step to the right. Back up two places, turn around. Are you with me? He'll guide you. You go somewhere where you don't know, the Spirit of God will guide you. He's kind of like the GPS system. Anybody got a GPS and you know, know of a GPS? What's that called? Global positioning satellite? Right. Maybe it ought to be called God's powerful spirit. Somebody's writing that down. God's what about your GPS? You got a GPS. Jesus died, rose again, taught the disciples for 40 days, left, and he said, if I don't go, the Spirit of God's not going to come. You can't have your GPS. He said, I got to go so you can have a GPS. And the, and the Bible says that he guides us. He guides us. He will guide you. He'll guide you in the truth. He'll guide you in the righteousness. He'll guide you in the love. He'll guide you in the compassion. He'll guide you in the forgiveness. There may be people in your life that you can't even forgive, but when you're hooked up with the Spirit of the living God, he will guide you into forgiveness. He'll guide you into letting it go. He'll guide you into getting over that, that bad relationship. He'll guide you into breaking out of things that you've got to break out of. He will guide you every step, every way. The Spirit of God will literally guide you through it. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody ought to be shouting to the Lord amen this morning. Hallelujah. You got something that the natural man don't have. The Spirit of God moves on the inside of you. When you come up, become a born-again believer, the Spirit of God comes in and He moves in on the inside of you. In other words, He'll literally show you His road. Here's the road. Get on it. Do you remember Jesus? Jesus was teaching the disciples and he said, narrow is the road that leads to life. He said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate that, what, leads, leads to life. So he's saying, I've got a road for you. You either go that wide road or you go this road. You can go the wide road with everybody else. Everybody else is on the wide road. The road I'm on, it's kind of like from ceiling to Visai. Have you ever driven that road from ceiling to Visai? There's not a lot of people on that road, especially 2 o'clock in the morning. You're driving that road 2 o'clock in the morning, there's not a whole lot of headlights. Even from Oklahoma City to Woodward, there's not a lot of people on the road at 2 o'clock in the morning. Maybe I should say 1, 1 1.30 because the bars dump at 2, so there's there's more people on the road then. Maybe I should say 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, say. 1 o'clock. You drive and you don't see a car. You don't, nobody's behind you, nobody's in front of you. You're just driving. There's not a whole lot of people on the road 
The Holy Spirit will guide you. Say, guide me. The Spirit of God will guide you. We've we got to be listening to the Spirit. We've got to be open for the Spirit. We've got to be listening to God, what you want to do, God. God, help us what you want to do. What is it, God? Can you help guide us? I need to be guided today. How many of you need to be guided? I do. I'm, I'm directionally challenged. My wife is a great GPS system for me. I mean, we get in here, and she's like, you know, you got to take this exit. I'm like, okay, I was gonna, but I was three lanes into the left. So I just, <laughs> oh, yeah, that exit? Yeah, okay, good, dude. Exit coming up, exit's coming up. Told me there was an exit coming up, and I missed it. I am directionally challenged. Shorty can tell you that. He drove for us when we were in Homa on the missions trip. I mean, I, I would be glad to get us back and forth to where we were going. I'm directionally challenged. I can get there, but I need the GPS. In my life, in your life, you need the GPS of God. You need the Holy Spirit guiding you, leading you, directing you. How can you be a godly husband? How can you be a godly wife? How can you be a godly son or daughter? How can you be those things? How can you be a great worker for somebody that you work for? How can you be able to have the wisdom on how to parent these days? Because the Spirit of God can guide us. You can be guided by the Spirit of God to be able to raise children. How many of you know we need the Spirit of God when it comes to raising kids? <laughs> we need the wisdom of God, don't we? We need that wisdom of God. I'm going to ask you just to stand to your feet this morning. Is it okay if I, I'm going to continue this message on Wednesday? Is that all right? If you want to take that home and do it, there's some scriptures at the bottom. You can go ahead and look them up and fill them and be ahead of me. See, I want us to begin to look at the Spirit of God. I want us to allow the Spirit of God to operate in our lives. Will you do that today? Will you say, hey, you know what? I need the Spirit of God to lead me and to guide me. What is the first thing that He does? Well, He makes us understand the Bible. i got to have understanding when I read the Word. i got to make sure it's in the right context. i got to make sure I'm understanding how Jesus said it when He said it, how it was meant. I've got to have a Hebrew mindset instead of a, a Greek mindset. We're going to talk about that. We're coming up with a... I'm going to come up with a Sunday message that we're going to talk about for a few weeks and it's going to call, Who is God? God's a lot bigger than we have Him figured out. We put God into a box. God's not the genie. God's a lot bigger. Well, you know, some of you might say, you know, God's in control of everything. There's many of you that may have that belief system. God is in control of everything. If He is, then you're telling me that He's killing the African people with AIDS? I've been told God's in control of everything. If He is, is that the God? Is He putting sickness and disease on people? We're going to really find out who God is. We're going to find out what God has control of and what He's allowing you to have control of. Jesus made a way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't know Him, you need to know Him. If you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, we've got some books up here that calls This New Life. That your spirit and His spirit become one. Become one with Him in spirit. Then the spirit of the living God, my GPS is, is at work. But my GPS doesn't work until I renew it with the Word of God. Romans 12.2 says, Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be what? Transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. To establish what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will Romans 12 1 says use your bodies as living sacrifices unto the Lord 
So as we get into this series, the next couple, couple times we gather, we want you to know that God wants to get deeper with you. Many of us are in the kiddie pool. But it's time to go in a little deeper. Many of us are wading knee deep. God says it's time to get deeper. There's some of you just got to do the Lipton iced tea plunge. And just let God have everything. Will you let God have everything? I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes.